Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to continue on with our series, Spiritual Warfare, having taken a couple of weeks off to do healing. I want to start in verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, where the Apostle Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now, we talked about this before. Don't try to be strong in yourself. See, one of the things that people try to do is, and they emulate the world in doing this, is, you know, it's about willpower. I don't care how much willpower you have. When there's a cyclone and the house is about to drop on your head, it doesn't matter. Amen. You know, you're dead. D-E-D, dead. <laughs> Forget about the A. Okay? All right. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, there are things that are beyond your control. And that's the reason why we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Because that power has been proved in the past. Amen? It is power that has no limit to it. It literally is limitless power. Amen. And you get to use it. You get to walk in it. Can I just say this to you? You're going to remember this sermon about a million years from now when you're in heaven. And you'll be living in the reality of it then. And I don't want you to look back and go, oh gosh darn. That's as nice as you can make it. Okay. <laughs> I should have listened and got it down there. Because this is where you need it. Amen? Listen, this is revelation for us now. This is what we have need of now. And we need to receive this. And we need to meditate upon it. And we need to activate it. And we need to use it in our life. Amen? Because this is where the fight is. People are saying, well, when we get to heaven, there won't be a devil in heaven. So, moving on to verse 11, which is kind of, we were in the middle of where we left off. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles or schemes of the devil. Now, I want to read you a quote from William Hendrickson. He says, the question must be asked in view of the fact that by means of the two marvelous deeds mentioned, that is, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, it is clear that the power of God in Christ is infinitely superior to that of Satan and his allies. All right? Therefore, need we be so concerned about the onslaught of the prince of evil? See, a lot of people say, well, God is so powerful and we've already got the victory. What's the deal? I just want to ignore the devil and just move on. I don't want even to think about him. You know, we, we can get to that place. I got to that place. Can I say? Can I put my hand up? Okay, I got to the place where I was so engulfed in God, so to speak, that I, I just kind of like, devil, what devil? Can I say that's not good either? As much as you enjoy the presence of God, as much as you understand, you know, when you get in that presence, you realize how powerful God is. Okay, you just realize how useless, okay, all the things that the devil can do against you is. But can I say this and can I answer this question? The answer is, 
assurance of this superiority does not diminish the seriousness of any given conflict on any evil day, nor give certain assurance of victory in any particular battle. So when looked at from the angle of man's responsibility, it is even possible to say that not only this or that particular battle, but the entire war will be lost unless we exert ourselves. Was that too much for the morning? To get all that? Okay. Listen, family. Even though we have everything going for us, and we do, Victory will only be given to those who overcome. Overcomers are conquerors. And in order to conquer, we must fight. Amen? That's the reality. That's what this whole passage is all about. Otherwise, why bother writing it? And remember again, that this passage, the place that the Apostle Paul puts this, is at the end. He tells us, if you forget everything else, don't forget this. He says all the other stuff, and you know, if you read the book of Ephesians, there's some amazing things in there. Outstanding things. Can we agree? Okay, talks about our riches and glory and all those amazing things. And when we do the book of Ephesians, you'll see what I mean. But the thing is that, in all of that splendor, he says at the end, get this! Okay? If you forget all the other good stuff I told you, of all the other promises of God, this one will take you down. You need to know this. You need to be able to fight. You need to know to fight. Don't get so caught up in the glory balls that you forget to fight. Amen? Because otherwise, this is what happens. We walk around thinking, well, you know, praise God, God is so big and He's got everything under control wrong. If he has everything under control, he has made a mess of things. And you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I don't want to believe in God because how can such a loving God allow all this stuff to happen? Good point. He doesn't. You do. Amen. You know, this is the same person. Think about this now. This is the same person that doesn't want God to talk to him doesn't want to be told what the right thing to do is. They want to make their own choices. But they, now listen, they can make their own choices, but everybody else better do the right thing. Otherwise, there's no God. Amen. It's a double standard. Did you get that? The same people that argue. The same people that say, well, listen now. How can God do stuff like this? Look in the mirror, dude. You're the one doing it. It's people like you that rebel against God, that want to do their own thing, that don't even want to acknowledge that God exists. Pause for a minute here. (laughs) It's very interesting. If you've been sort of following a little bit about what, what was happening within the schools of America, starting to come here, we need to be careful. You know, that they just took out Bibles, they took out prayer, and then suddenly things went crazy. And then they had the nerve to get up and say, well, how could God allow something like this? And remember a, a lady, I can't remember exactly who it was, but you know, she turned around and said, well, what do you expect? You took Bibles, you took prayer, you took God out of the school, what do you think would happen? I know it's very paraphrasing, but you understand that was the point. 
What's interesting is the very people that will take God out, then will blame God for everything that goes wrong after that. This is the battle that we're in. Are you all here? We are fighting for something, family. And you know what? Sometimes we're fighting in spite of the stupidity of people. We need to pray for them. We need to ask for God's wisdom upon them. Because they'll make dumb decisions, have something bad happen, blame God for it, and that's the whole plan that the devil had. And then he's got them. And can I say, whoever you're a prisoner of, that is what is controlling you. We'll see that in a minute. Okay, let's continue on here. We also looked, now from last time, at the wiles of the devil. What are we fighting? It's his schemes, it's his plans. And remember again, I gave you this quote that these schemes and plans, the word that this comes from, which is the word method, it comes from the word in the Greek that means or carries the idea of craftiness, cunning, and deception. Do you understand why it's those things? Notice it's not power as such. It's all about craftiness. It's about deception. Do you know why? You've got the power. He has to trick you into dropping your shield of faith, dropping your sword of the Spirit, you know, dropping your helmet. And we'll talk about all of this and why those are so important to you. And I won't rush through them because we don't understand the significance of each of those pieces of armor. We don't understand that the battle a lot of times is coming at certain things that God has promised. But if you don't receive that promise, then there is a hole in your armor. Satan can come in and literally take you down, maybe because of one thing you might have missed. And I'm not saying that you have to know everything to win, okay? Don't get that idea either. But there are some basic things. Amen? For example, if you question your salvation, He'll take you down. If you question your righteousness, that's your breastplate. He'll take you down. You know, it just, it keeps going. Can I just say that? So you need to know that, and then we're going to spend time on those things when we get to it. Alright? It won't be one lesson. Okay? (laughs) Right? Somebody says, yeah, that would be the miracle. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, let's, let's continue. The term was often used, remember again, of a wild animal who cunningly stalked and then unexpectedly pounced on its prey. Satan's evil schemes are built around stealth and deception. Remember again, I, I drew your attention to the fact that it is that unexpected attack that usually takes us down. When we're ready for it, it doesn't come. Have you noticed? Isn't that annoying? <laughs> okay? You see, the devil's stupid if he comes at you when you're strong. Do you now understand why the Apostle Paul said, When I am weak, the power of God is strong in me. See, he understood that the devil is not going to fight him when he's strong. He's going to wait till he's weak. And that's the reason why he says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. When you are feeling down in the dumps, when you are kind of quote-unquote weak, okay, when you have been doing all the things you're meant to do, and when you've been doing stuff you shouldn't be doing, can I get real with you? Now you're weak. Devil set a few traps, you fell. Now he'll come at you. What are you going to do? You know what most people do? Yeah, I guess I deserve it. Because I did kick the cat. 
I did accidentally <laughs> run over the next door neighbor's dog because he's been such a nuisance. <laughs> oh, you know, don't do those things, okay? But, <laughs> but you understand, you know, whatever it is, that I'm trying to be light. I could say other things and everybody get upset. Okay? <laughs> so let's talk about cats and dogs. Here. All right? <laughs> hey, I've learned, man. I, I didn't take vows yesterday. Anyway, so <laughs> but understand something. It's, it's when you've done that stuff that you know you shouldn't have done, that you did anyway. That the devil will just come at you. And that was the whole point. See, a lot of times he'll set up a few little things so that it, you know you get to the place where you think, yeah, I should have known and I, I didn't do what God said. I did what I wanted to do. And now, of course, there is consequence to action. So here it comes. And the devil goes, yep, that's it. We're good. Let's go. Don't do that. First John 1 John 1.9 if we confess or acknowledge our sin, He is faithful. You can depend on this, okay? And He is just. Justice in heaven demands it because He died and paid for your sin. He died. Don't forget, He died. You know, we see the passion of the Christ or whatever and go, what a horrible death. Yeah, that was for you. He didn't do anything wrong. That was all for your dumb stuff. Amen? So it would be a, a, a tragedy, a sad situation if you were paying for something that Jesus already paid for. If the cross is going to leave anything, any impression on your mind, understand, He paid the price for you. So you don't have to pay. The price doesn't have to be paid twice. So all you need to do, isn't this amazing? Now get, get this revelation. All your forgiveness... Past, present, and future has been paid for. You don't have to work at doing anything to earn anything. Did you get that? You missed it. Can I say it again? Listen to me. All the forgiveness you could ever need has already been paid for. Your bank account, as far as forgiveness goes, is full. And you're never going to exhaust it. Because of what Jesus did. Do you get this? Okay. I'm, I'm telling you. This is the way you come against his schemes. Alright. The schemes of the devil. This is what he depends on. That you don't know this one thing. Amen. And this will help you through everything else. By the way. Alright. And you need to understand. That whatever you're going to do wrong even. That you haven't even thought of right now. Then you are going to look back on somewhere further on in the future and go, that was really stupid. Whatever it is, it's paid for. Now don't go do dumb things because it's already paid for. Okay, because you are putting yourself in a bad place. Hear me? You think you can just keep asking God for forgiveness. I tell you something, after a while, your heart will start condemning you. Forget the devil. Are you all here? Because you know better. Come on. Okay? And then that is what the devil will use then. Listen to me. Even though there is forgiveness anyway, he plays with your head. In fact, let's, you know what? Let's go there. I'll show you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn there please. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. That's where the war is waged. It's in your mind. See, if it's in your spirit, you fight, you'll win. Okay, that's why Jesus said, aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the ocean, and shall not doubt in his head. 
Oh, we would have all been sunk, dude. We, that would have been it. Everybody has doubts. Can I say that? Okay. But can I say this now? And listen to this. Even though your head may have doubts, your heart can override it. I know that sounds a little funny, but your heart has the capacity to have faith beyond your head. Listen to me. What got in your heart needed to come through your head. At some point in time you believed. Get this revelation. Okay, Whatever time you spend in the Word will not be wasted. Whatever you end up getting a revelation on is there. Now you might forget some of those things, but it's still there. The engine is built. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's, it's got potential. You just need to get it working. And while you're aware of it, you get it to work. But when you forget about it, it sits there idle. Are you with me? That's basically what happens. So there are times when you think, oh, I really need to do this. Can I say this? Whatever you took time to put in there, God will see to it that it is activated and it works. If you took time, it will never be wasted. Any time you spend in God's Word is never wasted. Amen? He'll make sure of that. That's the ace you have up your sleeve. And I'm telling you about it now. So you don't have to go, Oh no, I've got to start all over again. No, no, no. Your head's having a few problems now, but your heart has been established. Let it work. That's a weird feeling, by the way. I've had that happen to me, where in my head I start doubting, I think, no, you know what, I do believe this. So I'm just going to shut my head down, so to speak, and go, you know what, shut up. I'm listening to you right now, I'm just releasing my faith. Yeah, but how is it? I don't care. You know, you don't have to know how it works for it to work. That's the revelation I'm giving you. Amen? Okay? You got that. At some stage in your life, you got the revelation about how it's going to work, and you put it in there, and your heart then believed. Now you kind of forget some of that stuff, but your heart still believes, because it is basing that on information you put in when you knew that it's going to work. So let it work. Okay, can I move on? All right. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. He says, for the weapons, the Apostle Paul is writing, He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are these? Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought. See where the problem is? It's your thoughts. Amen. What are you meant to do? Bring them into captivity. Don't let them run wild in your brain. Amen. Notice he says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If it doesn't agree with what Jesus said, well, throw it out. I don't care who said it. I don't care what letters they had after their name. Listen, all the degrees on this planet... Don't come anywhere close to God. His knowledge. Amen? And sometimes we listen to people more than we listen to God. While people say to us, Oh, you know what? That stuff is ridiculous and that's just, you know, religious whatever. We know how things work. Wait 10 years. Somebody will come and change it all. 
And then those people will say, no, 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 we know how things work. Wait another 10 years, it'll be all old. And somebody else was, have we not learned yet? All I can say to you is, give it time. They'll be dead, God will still be there. <laughs> okay? And God's word never changes. Amen. And we need to understand some of these things in order to fight. Now, what are some of the battles that we have? What if it doesn't work? That's an imagination. Do you know you see it not working? And you think, oh, you know, and then this is going to happen. And how are you coming up with all this stuff? There is a motion picture now in stereo 5.1 surround sound or 7 point whatever these days it is. Okay, it's going off on the inside of you. And God is saying, cast it down. Yeah, but I have to... <laughs> this is the problem that we have. We have to make every contingency for everything that could go wrong. Uh, you're not believing. Be careful. Now, I'm not asking you to go do dumb things. Please don't you decide that God said something that actually you decided. And then throw yourself in the deep end. And then say, you know, and then the thought comes to you, uh, Lord, is this you? And he says, no. That is a bad place to be. That's when you go, help me, Lord. <laughs> okay? And he will pull you out. But understand something. Don't go do stuff like that. Some people want to do something so badly, they say, God said. Just because you put those words in front of it, doesn't mean God's going to go, oh my gosh, no, they said I said, so I better make sure it works. <laughs> that's, a, that's a losing battle, dude. Amen? Second Timothy chapter 2. Let me, let me show you something here. I said something to you before. In fact, let me give you a quote while you're turning there. From Ephesians chapter 6. I know, right? Nobody turns anymore. They just punch it in and up she pops. Okay. I have to change my terminology. Yeah. Please go to in your app. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. <laughs> oh my. Alright. <laughs> One commentator says that the mention of schemes of the devil reminds us of the trickery and subterfuge by which evil and temptation present themselves in our lives. Listen carefully. Evil rarely looks evil until it accomplishes its goal. It gains entrance by appearing attractive, desirable, and perfectly legitimate. It is a baited and camouflaged trap. Amen? Watch out. Okay? Because one harsh truth about spiritual warfare, as I said before, whoever loses the battle will end up serving the victor as a slave. And usually for the rest of their life, unless they get saved. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And I'll read through to verse 26. The Apostle Paul this time is writing to Timothy. And he says, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Did you get that? See, 
You need to know that to understand. See, this is the reason why you have to be patient. Because there are people in your life that yes, they should know better. But because of the place that they're in, will just do whatever that enemy tells them to do and cause you grief. Have you met anybody like that? Have you been alive more than five minutes? <laughs> okay, then you've met somebody like that. Okay, sad to say, man, you know, as, and isn't it sad that the things you remember most are the things that go wrong in your life more than the things that go right? You can have a great day and have 99 things go right and one thing go wrong. And you know what you're going to be thinking about? That one thing. I've had the Lord say to me, really? You have a great day, one thing goes off, and that's all you think about. You don't thank me for the other 99. You just focus on the one thing that the enemy slipped in and did. We need to be careful. You know, I realized that. And I said, you're right. Let me now focus on all the good things that happened that day. The cup isn't half full. It's mostly full. It's itty bitty bit of the top that might be empty. Stop looking at that. Amen. Look at all you have. Hallelujah. That's where praise comes from. The other thing is where complaining comes from. Say amen. Don't get me in the car park. All right. (laughs) To put all of this into perspective, Satan is not the counterpart of God. Because Satan is finite, God is infinite. Can we just start here? Greater is he that is in you. What is in you is infinite. Isn't that interesting? That your spirit is such that it can handle something that is infinite. What does that tell about you being made in the image and likeness of God? I want you to think about that. We have no idea the potential that we have. We have no idea how far up the chain and up the ladder we are. We look at the angels and their power and the majesty, the things that they can do, and we're in awe of that. But you know something? They're in awe of what God did when He made us. Because as powerful and as amazing as they are, they understand that infinite made infinite. Do you know you have no ceiling? Have you thought about some of these things? Let's think about it for a minute. We are the ones that put boundaries and put borders and put limitations on ourselves. God doesn't, we do. That's the reason why He gave us this word, so that we start removing those one at a time. Amen. So that we become the people that He destined us to be. He created those that would be after His kind. Not after angelic beings, after His kind. Law of Genesis. Do you understand? Everything would produce after its own kind. Our kind isn't some monkey. Hello, I mean, some of them look like it, but they're not. Okay, Our kind is not a monkey that evolved into God. <laughs> Our kind is God. And all the dumb things that people say to take us down from that position, all they do is put us in a place where we become vulnerable and the devil can attack without opposition. Do you get that revelation? That's the reason I'm here, man. That's why I'm preaching. 
I went to churches, I listened and I thought, oh dear Jesus, can somebody preach something a little better? One day God looked at me and said, uh, why don't you do it? I said, no. As for somebody else, thank you very much. I know what preachers are like. He said, well change, change the image. He said, stop complaining, do something about it. You know, then you go, the but God. <laughs> what do I know about anything? <laughs> he goes, good. There'll be less to unlearn. All right, let me finish this quote. Once again, Satan is not the counterpart of God, because Satan is finite, God is infinite. Our enemy is infinitely inferior. Satan's power is overwhelmed by that of God. That's the reason why we need to take comfort in the fact that Jesus said, Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And then the Apostle John said, Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And then he goes on to say, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This, this is 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Are we born of God? Then we are world overcomers. And we do that by faith. And the Apostle Paul then says, I think it's in Romans 8.37, For we are more than conquerors. Amen. We need to know. See family, it is this mentality that we need to go in with in order to win the fight. If we are, See, I need to give you an attitude. I can teach you stuff and it's no good knowing it up here. You need to know it in your heart. When it's in your heart, that's when mountains begin to move. Amen. That's when the enemy can't stand. You stand. He falls. Hallelujah. But only if it is in your heart. And that's the reason why we put it on the web and everything else. I want you to have access to it. So you can listen to it over and over again if you have to. I understand that you're out there in the world. I understand that there is stuff pushing in and pressing in constantly. I understand that you come to church for an hour, an hour and a half. And all the rest of the hours in the week... You're not here. But you can access it 24-7. Amen. And you can go back as far as you want and just keep listening and listening. And can I say this? You can start counteracting everything the world is throwing at you and get to a place where you have more word in you than world. It's like water and oil, sweetheart. <laughs> you put one in and it pushes the other out. Amen. Let's stop there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.